The old world is gone. Lost to time and record like a half-remembered dream. So too is the sun, though none can say what cataclysm scorched the sky and drove the ghosts and demons out of the depths and into the lands of men. Such things precede even the unity wars with the treacherous scoves and the coming of the immortal emperor, long may he reign. What is known is that the world outside the cities, beyond the lightning barriers that keep the ravenous monstrosities at bay, is crueler and more merciless even than a Brixton prowler or a cold night in Dunslow. The cities of the empire may be rotten with poverty, vice, and corruption, but for the right scoundrel, one of cunning, guile, and grit, they offer something else. Opportunity. Welcome to The Harvestman, a Blades in the Dark actual play podcast. A few notes about this podcast before we begin. Our cast has various levels of experience with role-playing games. Some have been playing for decades. Others are literally playing for the first time this episode. None of us, however, have what I would consider abundant experience with the Blades in the Dark system. At first, our plan was to run a few sessions prior to episode one, a la the Magpies, more on them later, to allow us to get comfortable with the rules, explore our characters and the world, etc. But in the spirit of the game, we ultimately decided to just jump off the cliff and build our wings on the way down. This means that you will be listening to our learning curve over the course of these episodes. And while we're confident in and proud of the content we deliver, the rules lawyers out there are going to be less than thrilled with our conduct. These first episodes were recorded over a period of four months during which a lot happened. People moved away, then came back, then COVID-19 happened, is probably still happening, and all of that is to provide some context for the variation in sound quality. Sometimes people are all in the same room, sometimes Skyping in, and it changes from episode to episode as conditions evolve. Listeners familiar with Blades in the Dark will be quick to notice that our world is thick with homebrew content. Our campaign deals heavily with Scoves and the aftermath of the Unity Wars, and takes place in 849 IE, rather than the core rule established 847. We'll probably do an episode zero at some point to deep dive into our homebrew stuff, if people are confused by or simply interested in it. Finally, we should mention that The Harvestman is a podcast for mature audiences. The action of the story centers around characters from the criminal underworld, and while our protagonists are still largely heroic in their sensibilities, they have many, many dealings with less savory members of their profession. There will be cursing, violence, cursing, the occasional sexual reference, cursing, a bit of torture, allusion to PTSD and emotional abuse, and just a fuck ton of cursing. Most of what might be triggering should be pretty obvious in the development, and so easy enough to skip over. But the cursing will come out of nowhere and pretty much without relief. So, without further ado, let's begin The Harvestman. As we begin, where is everybody? Can we be just finishing up like a legit job? Right. Like moving somebody yeah. into their place and, and like knocking down the cr- <laughs> Getting them packed back up into our, our industrial sized carriage. You've just finished unloading their the back half of, of their move, yes? And you're, yep. like, packing up all of your stuff. You've got 
you know, probably probably four large mutant goats, right? I think we, we talked about that there are no horses in this world or, or they're possessed by only the very wealthy. And where, who are you moving and what to? Like a okay. legit moving job, not like a... Like oh. a, a minor noble, potentially? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Call it Charter yeah. Hall. We were moving gifts into his mistress's house. His his mistress obviously lives in Brightstone, mm-hmm. South Brightstone. Don't get excited. <laughs> <laughs> Towering, close-packed townhouses with towers and turrets. Everything is in 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 much of the city, especially as you move south. Things get crappier. You get brick and then soot stained brick and then tin and wood and here everything is stone much of it marble polished bright stone is is aptly named in other words you guys are on the street packing up the last of your your dollies and and harnesses i guess the rigging such as it is lukai makes a lot of that less necessary than it once was but still Mm. You guys have just finished collecting payment from an, an agent of your employer. I'll count that if you don't know. Good day, ma'am. And he we go now. turns on a heel and heads up the walkway. I yell after him, hey, buddy, how many horsepower has that got? It's his carriage. <laughs> he does not deem to give you a response. <laughs> It has been a long day for him <laughs> dealing with you guys, especially Aislina. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's he's clearly eager to uh, to be away from there. Brightstone is kind of the northernmost portion of the city, except for White Crown, and so it's an hour or so back to your headquarters in Char Hollow, assuming that is where you're headed. Mm-hmm. Yes. The job did not pay. I mean, it paid well enough. Let's say you cleared three coin, which for honest work isn't nothing. But more valuable was the opportunity, of course, to case yeah, the, right. mm-hmm. the townhouse. Did we figure out how many coin we have at the beginning of the game? You, I believe you spent all the coin that your crew had to pay the wraiths and gain oh, that's right. okay. position with them. So this is effectively the first coin that you're receiving as, as crew. There are a number of, of nice things, many of which you just moved in there. Uh, not that you guys are thieves by specialty, but you can always sell that information to people who are. Thieves by specialty, right? So 45 minutes-ish, you find yourself back in Char Hollow at your hideout. Let's make you the triangular building at the northeast corner of the sheets. Oh, I see. So cinematic. Beautiful flat iron building. Exactly. You probably have some kind of garage. For sure, have a workshop to it, right? Right. Which I share with the pinch, if you recall. Ah, uh, yes. The pinch. So you pull around, pull the carriage into the, the garage, 
Give me something about your headquarters. Like the mom and pop place that has like doilies on stuff. In like the front, like presumably past the vestibule or like wherever, wherever a customer would come in to hire you guys. Yeah. Maybe like like sweet tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to go the opposite direction. Like a a couple marble statues. Like a like a just like a tasteful amount of marble statues. So ostentatious. No, like a tasteful amount of marble statues, like like two. They they just happen to bear a strange resemblance to Wester. Is this a is this a bust of you? Did you wake up one morning and I'm like, did you have two statues? Can they please? Can they be in the lair part of our workshop or like the lair portion of the, the moving company that we sort of keep roped off that nobody really gets to see? The the statues? The statues. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't the think lair. they're very big either. They're sort of like no. maybe three feet at the highest. Yeah. Sometimes they like <laughs> stare each other down because people move them around. Uh, it's like, or they'll yeah. just be standing in front of you when you walk in the door. Put glasses on. Them. Yeah, that's great. I don't know if those few teeth blacked out. But I hate it. <laughs> I, I, I sort of I I imagine Wester like perpetually moving them back into yeah. the front room. Like guys, these are really nice. They're expensive. I they should yeah. be where people can see them. And they yeah always be like Man, no, but they really look better back here. Yeah. Like where we get to fully appreciate yeah. them. You know, we don't have to share them with that. anyone. Yeah, that's great. I think on the top of the building, I would like to have one of those big open crunchy pebble style roofs mm. where we can go up and and discuss things but also have a bit of a vantage right down that street we would have a very clear view of the canal and the the northern portion of the strangford house lukai likes to go up there and, and stare at the strangford house sometimes what's the strangford house it's a grand estate of the powerful Strangford family, uh, mm-hmm. and they basically own a whole bunch of the city. Uh, oh. Factories and workhouses. This building's tall, right? The majority of the architecture of this city, because it's surrounded by a lightning barrier, right, to keep the ghosts out, it can't really expand. Everything right. gets built up. Mm. This building probably is going to be three stories minimum uh i want to have some people some some tenants in the building who have optioned out like actually purchased their portions of the building so even though they're just little like tiny apartments or even like cobbled together several apartments Mm -hmm. we can't we can't kick them out they they own the place Mm -hmm. i imagine your garage the garage portion of this building being almost more a bay mm-hmm. than than a garage. Right. And it's got, you know, a bunch of equipment, pulleys and harness, and there's a workshop on your sheet, right? So you've got a full complement of tools. Yeah. Did you inherit the the business or just the structure? The building. Just the structure. The building. Yeah, like I think I I inherited an old garage. And there's some, already some carriages in there when you inherited the building? Probably like old ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the business 
The business is basically the first floor right. of the building. That's what I'm right. imagining, right? Yeah. And the vast majority of that space is the bay. Yeah. Then there's like a, a lobby, for lack of yeah. a better term, that's very homey and doily yeah. and has some sort of table or half counter, whatever, that you can sort of meet Cross people. Say yes, I was going to say, like an inspirational. Mm-hmm. Or it'll heal before the wedding is on the wall. It'll oh, heal before the wedding perfect. is on the wall. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I love it. Cross stitched. <laughs> and then there's like a curtain in a doorway, maybe. That goes back into a pretty what what I envision as like essentially a pretty small green room uh-huh. before there's a proper door that goes to the bay. Mm-hmm. I don't envision that there is any access from uh, currently from the business space to the residential portion. Right. Of the building. Right. I imagine like sure the front doors. door of the business mm-hmm. is like next door to like the stairwell. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Mm-hmm. Precisely. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. So you arrive. You head into the, the garage, unload, get everything back in service to whatever extent you feel like you need to do that. Um, I suppose I have to figure out how to dole out this money, right? Or if it all goes into our stash or if we... Split it up to individually. Where are you when you're doling out the money? Or like when you're going through this? Like there's probably like an office right behind that front counter. Just like a little, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so a, like right in there is where I would go to like. Where a receptionist would sit, essentially, is how yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, and I would imagine there's like a safe in a manager's office right mm-hmm. behind that. A flop on a chaise on the, in the <laughs> green room. And you should drape your arm over oh. the <laughs> And I'm like straight over to the safe, just like. <laughs> yeah. I drift over to the green room as well and watch Wester a little bit <laughs> and then say, uh, how close do you imagine this noble is to the monsters running this city? How far removed? Uh... <laughs> It was a it was a baby grand piano. Like it wasn't like a grand piano. I say pretty far, like per, you know, pretty down on the totem pole, right? You hear the front door close, and not long after, a gentle ding ding from the from the bell. I get up and head out through the curtain. You see Nerex. You you come out of the the rear office to see her sort of delicately perched. At the the front counter, expectantly waiting on you. And as you come out, she lights up with a smile. How are you today? Fabulous, love you. Good. Am I forgetting an appointment? Not at all. I was just wondering. Cup of tea? Always. And she heads over to the little jankety-ass tea station, you know? She She looks for the least chipped cup. Where are the others? Are they about? All them back. Hmm. Well, do you want to bring them out here? Or take me back there? I think we're going to want to hear this. Oh. Take me back, then. And she holds the curtain open. After yourself. Age before beauty. She goes in. Nerex walks through the curtain and into the office. She's about Zyka's age. Akarosi. Young, young-looking. Somewhat physically, apart from the scar, like 
she's taking care of herself. But there's a, particularly in the face, there's an energy, a youthful energy. She clearly has been here before because she acts like it's it's her parlor. Crosses crosses the room immediately, not that it's great distance, sits down delicately in, in one of the chairs, offers you no more than a curt Weston. And uh, and then when she sees you, Miss Lena, hey, have you done something with your hair? No. Oh. All the same. <laughs> Looks quite nice. Thank you. Lucas. Lucas. I have indeed. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> You're so welcome. Have any of you read this morning's paper? Yet. No. Well, allow me to draw your attention to page six. There, somewhat buried in today's issue of the Duskfall Daily, Mm -hmm. is a a headline that reads, Constables nab smugglers as Skov invasion continues. She does not, in point of fact, as soon as she finishes reading the thing, she turns her back on it and goes to her desk to just work on something while everyone else is reading. It's unsurprising. There are a couple of papers in town, but the the Dust Bowl Daily is the more unapologetic, like, propaganda machine publication. It's like pro-government, anti-Skovlin, anti-refugees pro-constabulary, blah, 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 blah. Nurex goes on. It would appear that last night some, well, as it says, the Bluecoats nabbed a group of Skov smugglers passing through. Did they? They did. The interesting part is what the Bluecoats were unable to nap. What? Sorry, I'd like <laughs> The cargo. Oh, what a shame. Yes, indeed. And it seems to me that anyone who is able to recover that cargo would probably have something on their hands worth moving. What was it? Well, I'm not entirely sure. I would imagine, based on who was moving it, that it was probably guns of some kind, probably out of Scotland. But I think that your crew may be, and here she looks at Lukai, uniquely qualified to carry this little job out. You see, the smugglers were on a boat, and before the bluecoats were able to close on them, they scuttled the cargo. The cargo is somewhere out there, lying at the bottom of a canal. That is indeed very fortunate. As I do not breathe air. She, <laughs> she stares at Lukai unblinkingly. <laughs> I like have my arms crossed. I just like look at him like, hell yeah. How would that affect your mm, oily parts? I may sustain some damage, but I am confident it should be easy to repair. Plus, you know, if you take a, a jar of a jar of mills, you'll be okay. Uh, yes, the McGillicuddy's. One must always have one's mills. 
Can I assume you're interested then? The. Good. I will, of course, uh, expect a bit of a finder's fee for any coin you recover. Of course. Right. That's about all of use that I can be. I suppose I'll leave you to it. Finish my tea. How much of a finder's fee? We don't even know what it is. How much is it worth? Hard to say for sure, but I know that there are other interested parties already, so probably something. And if they were scovs, then you know who they were probably moving it for. And you do know who they were probably moving it for. The man in charge of most of... We'll call him head of the Department of Violence for the Georgian bankers is a man named Evgeny Gazinsky. His handle is the Gazinsky Bear, and he is known by you to be a a terrifying, if not reasonable, man. And part of his dominion is unofficially char hollow. I doubt that any of you, maybe you, have had a, a one-on-one or like actually interacted with him, but you certainly know him by reputation. You guys sort of paid off the rakes when you moved in to their neck of the woods. The rakes, in turn, pay off Gazinski and the bankers. Uh-huh. This man would probably not bother to val- to to move anything not of at least moderate value. Perhaps right. this bear has information on other interested parties capable of salvaging such cargo. Perhaps it's why we spoke with him. What? I'm confused. You want to talk to him about other people who could get him his cargo? I mean, it's your business, love. This man has a great deal of information, as he is very rich and very connected. It's very likely, yes. So if there are competitors who, for instance, would not sell him back his cargo, he might know about that. That he might. At any rate, I'll leave you to it. Thanks for the tea. Lovely as always. Love the hair, Wester. Should be little... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't like you. I say in character. <laughs> Get back to like working on a robot. Ratchet, ratchet, ratchet. Would you two like to go get some cargo out of the canal while I go talk him into hiring us? We could probably do that. Hey, Tin Man, how do you feel about having a grappling gun? I'm excited, as you can tell. <laughs> It seems that you guys have a job. So now we're on to the gather information portion. What? If anything, do you, uh, do you guys want to do to gather info for this? Does um, the news story list that there were any casualties? My thought no, process is then I could use a tune to find, to sort of rewind in history back to when this person was alive and therefore locate the cargo much more easily than simply wandering around the city. Yes, 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 yes. It, it does not. It mentions that shots were exchanged. Gunfire was exchanged. It doesn't mention 
casualties except to say that there were none among the blue coats. But it does <laughs> but it does reference um, the location that the shootout took place. Perfect. I would like to then go around that area and survey to see what I can see in terms of is anybody else also looking for this? And where might it be exactly? Especially if there's any sort of blue coat cordon set up as an active crime scene or something like that. Fabulous. Fabulous. Sounds like a survey. It does yes. sound like a survey. What would a devil's bargain look like? A devil's bargain. I would say that you will get, for your die, you are not inconspicuous. And you will be noticed by one of the blue coats working the crime scene, which is still active. So, like plus one heat after we're done, or like better yeah. chance that blue coats will show up? We'll call it heat. We'll say it'll be plus one heat. Okay, okay. All right, so that's two dice. Give me some love. Can you do it? <laughs> nope, that's a three. Oh. God damn it! This just got dark. So you head down there. Do you? Uh, P.S. Do you head down there alone? If anybody is hoping to also gather that same information with me, then that's totally fine. Um, we can do a, a like a co-roll. I mean, it is kind of retroactive now yeah, <laughs> because I rolled dice, fine. but oh, but is he unmastered? Is what you're wondering? That's what I'm wondering. If you are. An unaccompanied oh. hull. I was thinking that I wanted to go down there as well to see if ahead of time if we would need like an escape route. Okay. If there was anything I could attach a gadget to ahead of time. Super. Super. Yeah. Oh. So do you also have survey? Because we can yeah. we can roll it as a team action. Oh no, I then, don't. Uh, that's okay. We can still roll it as a team action if Brian allows me to, to re-roll the dice. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're learning. Okay. I'm learning. So since you have so zero, I don't have any... yeah, you roll two dice and then take the I lower. Take the lower. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. Are you still taking the devil's bargain? Yep. 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 What'd you get? Two. Two and a six. <laughs> so a two. Guess we got a three again. <laughs> oh. Oh. Out your room. So we got heat and stress and no information. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, it happens. Lukai, your assessment you you're trying to you're trying to narrow down where the cargo might be. Yeah. Okay. So you're standing there and you're you're scanning the canal, the walk across the way, and on your side, you guesstimate there to be about half a dozen blue coats plus an inspector and some kind of academic or scientific support in tow, what would essentially be the CSI crew, if that makes sense. But they are primarily seem to be dealing with dealing with the fallout from, from the shootout, right? They're collecting shell casings and, and looking at this angle or that angle of a, of a bullet impact. 
there's one boat in the canal with a, a couple of blue coats like kind of dragging the canal in, in some meager attempt to find anything. But the more you stand and survey, the more it occurs to you that probably if the cargo was scuttled where the shootout occurred, the blue coats would have found it by now. And the canal has like a um, current? It does. Okay, so I can safely assume that it is downstream a bit, and that's probably the best info I'm going to get. And for you... Since I'm also there, can I say that one of my gadgets is some kind of like x-ray goggles? Mm -hmm. That I could see like several hundred yards down into the water. Well, fortunately, I don't think the, the canal is nearly that deep. It maybe goes down, man, if it goes down 50 or 60 yards, that, that okay. would be a pretty deep portion of it. Um, Could I say that I have some kind of goggles that do that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. They're not flawless, but they they definitely help. Unfortunately, given your role, they don't help enough. All right. Um did you not come here to look at like escape routes or something? To look at escape routes to see if there were any places that I could like scope out weak points and right, 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 that kind of stuff. Looking for access points and that kind of thing, you don't see that much that is helpful. Uh, the architecture in this area is either too sturdy or too compromised to bear all but the most sophisticated of explosives, Mm -hmm. right? If it's not super, super pinpoint, then either it's not going to do anything against really well-made structures or stuff that's too old and unstable to risk bringing everything down. But there's a lot of canal out there to search, and the fact that the, the blue coats are still looking is ultimately a good sign for you guys. Wester and or Zeka. What do you guys want to do? Zeka is preparing some kind of um, dish to take to the bear. Evgeny Gazinski. I'm going to go take some kind of like based good like a like for a wake, you know, like a funeral morning mm-hmm. and go to. Mm, I don't know if it's being another gang leader if I would know anything about like where he could be located where their lair is or where they would be holding any kind of memorial services for lost members you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah you know that there is Kellens yes and it's it's in Char Hollow it is one of the oldest pubs in the city with a dizzying selection of Scotland ales and whiskeys. Yeah, that's where all the scoves would go. You know for a fact that Evgeny Gazinski patronizes it fairly regularly. So if there if there was a wake sooner or later, it would probably turn up there. Knowing that Zyka usually likes to interface with the boss alone, Wester just kind of loiters around as she's preparing this uh, <laughs> this dish. <laughs> nonchalantly changes out the the red coat for like a uh, a black 
you know, something appropriate <laughs> for a morning celebration, right? Uh, oh, a lace cloak. Right? I mean, I can't think of a better team to go in to talk to the yeah. Gazinski band, right? <laughs> right. He's kind of a personal hero. Does it smell right? Perfect. You can come. <laughs> Great. Cool. Cool. Yeah, you guys you guys walk. It's like autumny okay. weather. Uh it's you know, it's it's always night in this world, so you got that going for you. It's not as windy as it could be. Mm-hmm. All told, it's sort of a, a pleasant walk. As you reach Kellens, it is immediately apparent that some sort of event is going on there. Uh, a, a number of scoves outside, lingering, smoking, drinking. The way that people step outside to chat and smoke from the party that's inside. And as you approach, they kind of clock you. And as you purposefully head for the door, they track you. And the two gentlemen standing at the door, apart from the, the socializers, sort of fold their arms and one bars your way and offers no, no, private event. We know. Do I know you? Don't we all know each other? Yeah, I think... <laughs> I love this. I, I I think you're going to need to make me a roll. Um, <laughs> okay. Is there? I'm. I really want to give you an extra die in this situation, but I'm not sure that that is in the the spirit of the mechanic. Biff, any suggestions here? Is that how devils bargains work? Well, but like, there's a. It could be like you you sin, but he also falls madly in love with you. Oh, I enjoyed about that's all true, of my that's true. <laughs> the her, her, what she's trying to do is what consort sway either of those things. Yeah, you you could say we can up the effect. Like normally yes. he would have been like cordial, but now he's like sure. very happy to see her instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll say you have increased effect on this roll. Six, six, and a five. Nicely mm-hmm. done. I, I, I yeah. want to uh, say something clever, like, um, when they kill one of us, we all hurt. I take out a handkerchief and just start darting around. <laughs> Duh, mama. Duh. And he steps aside and opens the door for you and sort of shoves his buddy out of the way, <laughs> who does not react quickly <laughs> enough for for his liking, and they both kind of take off their hats as you as you go ahead. They close the door before you can go. Yeah, where are you going, buddy? No, 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 no. All right. Uh, the door to Kellen's is on the corner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, See what mm-hmm. I mean? So as you as you go into the room, like room isn't quite round. It's not quite anything else either. And as you enter from the the corner post, it sort of opens up on either side of you. Basically, the, the corner of the bar is right in front of you, and there are booths creeping around to your left. 
not as many to your right, but the ones to your right are kind of larger. Mm. And then there's a smattering of tables of various sizes in front of you. Uh, there's a, a staircase off the bar somewhere in the back that goes up to a balcony mm-hmm. right around. And there are rooms, uh, a couple of rooms up on the, the second story, but also smaller private tables up there ah, as well. Nice. And, and yeah, and it's pretty busy and it's... Do I know what this man looks like? You do. You see him. He's he's standing sort of on the far side of the bar. He's probably six and a half feet tall, six, 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 eight, nearly 400 pounds. Uh, <laughs> yeah, wow. like e- easily 300, 350, 400, broad shoulder, just just like mm-hmm. a block. Yeah. You know, not not one of those ripped guys, but but strong. He wears like a mane of hair that is shockingly black for his age, which has got to be creeping up on 60 by now. It does tell in his beard, which he keeps without a mustache. And it's, you know, more more salt than pepper these days. And he basically wears like a black top coat over a, a dark suit. And that's more or less the uniform for most of the the men that are here. Could I survey the area to see who's armed? You certainly can. Roll your survey. I roll two die. I have two dots. Yep, you roll two. You roll two. Four and a three. All right. Most of the people here are not armed. Mm-hmm. But there are a couple maybe four in total, one of whom sees you, see him, and makes his way over to you. You recognize this person. This man's name is Dmitri Zanaev. Mm-hmm. They call him the Cobra. He is a fixer of problems for Evgeny Kaczynski. And he is looking at you like the next problem he might have to fix. Uh, uh, that's code for assassin. <laughs> <laughs> he actually, you know, in many ways, looking at him is like looking in a mirror, mm-hmm. right? He's he's tall, slender. He looks Eruvian. Mm-hmm. Handsome, dark hair, slicked back neatly, like simple impeccably tailored suit that mm-hmm. you know like was expensively intended to look understated and as he sort of closes the distance on you not particularly threatening he inquires are you lost friend no i was just uh, apologies if i was staring i was just admiring that uh that milani suit you're wearing good taste I feel like I should know you, but I don't. I said that about most people. That oh. they should know me. Oh, I see. You're funny. <laughs> Were you invited? We brought a dish. <laughs> <laughs> I 
he stares at you. At the same time this evening, I'm going to use this expression unblinkingly. <laughs> and then sort of follows your gaze to you. Where are you? Since he drifted off, I could tell he was doing his own thing. Yeah, I went over to go get three shots of vodka. Hmm. I've got the three shots here, and I've got the loaf of thing here, and I've kind of got my eye on Grzynski, and I'm waiting for him to stop talking to this other guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Do you have a weapon on you? I wish I did. <laughs> I really don't think I do. I don't think we would show up to a funeral right. armed. I think, I you, think so. you would know that it would not yeah. be a good move. Yeah. 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 Have I met Dimitri before? No. Well, I'm, I don't think so. Not a lot of people meet this guy more than once. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Like, he's not the welcoming committee so much as he is. No. Um, the goodbye committee. <laughs> um, the exit the, interview. The send-off, yes. Precisely. Okay. Almost before you realize it's happening, you feel your, your coat being, like, pulled away from you. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, he's like almost slithered in the next four inches to just put his hand on the inside of the coat and pull it open and see if you've got a holster or a weapon of any kind. And having satisfied himself, he dismisses you as easily as enjoy the party and turns and leaves you again. I head to the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done, well done. And I'm like, try to get your goddamn attention. <laughs> I noticed that. See her. You yeah. see her, yeah. I head over there. Mm-hmm. She's like, just dripping on <laughs> You uh, practically, as soon as you approach the bar, there's like a, a shot put in front of you. With, without that- any attempt made by the, the bartender to have an interaction, it's like everybody who's coming to the bar is, is getting the same getting thing. Drink. <laughs> yeah. This is what we're all here for. What to play? And then he thanks us, and I'm hoping he'll want to talk. Yeah, this, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think this is probably going to be a consort. Mm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys can do it as a group action, if you would like, although you certainly don't have to. I think that to appeal to gang to gang, losing in. Tell them we'll give them the friends and family rate on our moving services. (laughs) Well, first I want to get out. There is no friends and family rate on our moving services. Well, because, I mean, I still have to find out if it's actually even... What? His yeah. people. I mean, I think it was, and the fact that all these dead people, you know, not all these dead people, but you know, <laughs> yeah. that were yeah. in mourning, it probably is, but I want I want him to confess that he needs help if I can. Yeah, cool. That's great. Yeah. All right, roll it up. Are you, are you going to do it as a group action or? I'm down. Awesome. Okay, so do you have consort? I don't. Okay. So you, what do you have? I have two. You have two. Okay. Man, I'm inclined to make you be the leader. So like if you get one, if one of you fails and one of you doesn't. Right. And you only get one stress. If you both fail, then you get two stress. Ah. You succeed. You can still get a stress if you don't both succeed. Exactly. Exactly. 
Michael, Michael, keep in mind that you can spend two stress and push yourself to get an extra die, or you can take a devil's bargain. You could also spend one stress to help her and not roll anything. So she would be rolling three dice. You would burn one stress. I'll do that. And you would have an extra die to roll and consort. I rolled a four. Okay, so that is a success. With a complication. So you you make your way over to to Evgeny, who is in the midst of of talking rather enthusiastically with someone you would guess to be a contemporary of his. I'm sure is treating them like uh, more of an equal than a subordinate. You make your approach and offer the the shot. Yeah, you get his attention, and he. He accepts the shot, but it's also clear that he's just a little annoyed at having been interrupted, right? Oh, I interrupted him. Oh, no. Okay. But he uh, he seems willing willing to forgive. Nostrovia. Nostrovia. And she has, like, no like reaction to it. Do I know you? Not well enough, but... I heard the news, and I'm so sorry. And she offers him the, what should be like a traditional thing that he would recognize as being something you give someone. Some sort of sweet <laughs> dish. Maybe mm-hmm. a sweet a casserole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great. Dig it, yeah, dig it. It's not a fruit cake. Right. A Russian royal That's cake. Love well, There's a walnut poppy seeds, cherry, and chocolate cakes frosted with dulce de leche. That sounds great. Um, it's beautiful. And that, his, at that, his eyes light up. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Kurlevsky, did you make this yourself? The, my, my babushka's recipe. <laughs> you should not have. What did you say your name was again? You can call me Zaika. Bunny. <laughs> Charming. And he takes your hand, gives it a gentle kiss. Please, you will call me Evgeny. It is lovely to finally meet you. I have known of you longer than you've known of me, obviously. <laughs> well, you live so many years, your reputation grows, whether good or bad. I run the... Weaver Street Porters. Weaver Street Porters. Da. This. Moving storage. Our jobs. Oh, yes. Yes, I have heard of yours. This is one of yours, is it not? Da. It doesn't dress like a scuff. Ah, I don't know what he is. But he likes my cake. I suppose that is what is most important. Da. Yes. Tell me, did you know Piotr? No, but I... I've lost a boy, too. No. Devushka. Who amongst us is not? Not enough. Then you're welcome. Where are you? Spasiba. Pajalsta. The bar is open as... You have seen already. Please help yourself. She, you know, curtsy whatever's and 
heads back to the bar. Is that... Oh, he's still entertaining company and guests. I'm, he can watch me for a while before okay. if he wants to talk to me some more, have some more drinks. Nice, nice. Want to tell me about his big load? <laughs> <laughs> Man. Oh, is... this is not a children's program. No, Ugh. no, it won't be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was it supposed to be? Because I'm in the no. wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not supposed to be. And it won't be. Thanks for listening. Keep an eye out for the next episode of The Harvestman. If you enjoy what you've heard, please take a moment to subscribe and or give us a review. Uh, You should also feel free to visit our website at www.harvestmanpodcast.com, where you can find all sorts of cool, nerdy extras from the world of Blades. Aislina Boom Rojas is played by Joey. Lakai is played by Brent. Wester the Needle Slain is played by Michael. Zyka Nadia Minskovna is played by Steph. The Harvestman theme was composed, performed, and donated by Brad Phillips, especially for this podcast, and we are eternally grateful to him. He is truly an OG art maker. The Blades in the Dark Roleplay System is a creation of John Harper and is published by Evil Hat Productions. Finally, we'd like to take a second to thank Ree and all the other folks at the Magpies for their exceptional work. It was their podcast that inspired our own, and if you've enjoyed any portion of what you heard here, then you must check out the Magpies at www.magpiespodcast.net or wherever your podcasts are found. Until next time. The Harvestman is an Ambling Nymph production.